0: Nintendo 64 is launching a Patreon. For two years now, we have been the comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast... But with your help, we can be even more comprehensive. There are three exclusive tiers to choose
1: from. Your starting tier is the $5 Jiggy tier, which earns you a personalized thank you email and two exclusive bonus shows per month. The first show will explore a Nintendo 64-related topic that breaks the format of the usual show. In this episode, we'll talk about canceled games, imports, emulation, and news, as well as exclusive interviews, skits, or freewheeling discussion. Sign up now, and you'll get to hear our episode on Sin and Punishment. Right now, Treasure's coveted import game.
0: In the second episode each month, we give the Ultra Sixty Four treatment to a non Nintendo Sixty Four game. Our first show will be about Blizzard's classic SNES game, Rock and Roll Racing. So those that
1: you get all that at the five dollar tier. At the ten dollar item box tier, you get everything there. Plus, you get the ability to vote on the bonus game that we play each month. Want to be nice and let us play Battle Toads? My vote, or should we dig into famous crap like a night
0: trap? My vote. I hope not. The item box patrons hold the power to vote. And finally, for the high-rolling fans out there, we have our exclusive $50 Superstar Tier. Stay at this tier for three months, and not only do you earn the right to make us play any non-Nintendo 64 game of your choosing, you get to jump on the line and co-host it with us as well.
1: Whoa, so somebody who donates there gets to be a
0: guest host on an episode of the game of their choosing? That is precisely right. Can't miss that. That opportunity is exciting. And to top
1: it all off, if the Patreon reaches $1,000 a month in regular support, we'll add an entirely new weekly podcast in addition to Ultra 64. A new free weekly podcast in which we'll watch every movie based on a video game. Relive classics like Super Mario Bros., Double Dragon, or Street Fighter. Or modern attempts like Silent Hill, Assassin's Creed, and
0: Warcraft. We love doing this show, and your support will ensure that we get to keep doing it even after every Nintendo 64 game has been played and ranked sign up today at patreon.com slash ultra 64 pod and remember you're either in or you're out this week on ultra 64 we are celebrating two years of nintendo 64 madness and we're playing goldeneye 007 and that's all i got i'm not even gonna joke about it it's too good. Welcome to Ultra 64, we are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different, randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog, we are playing it, and we are targeting in on it, and we are zooming in with a little crosshair thingy and shooting a guy. And my name is Steve Gunnley. I am the man with the titanium gun, Woody Siskowski. Uh, We are very excited today. Not only is it our two-year anniversary, not only are we talking about GoldenEye 007, but we have a couple of awesome guests joining us this week to talk about these games, so uh, oh, this game we played one game. The, the, oh, that's true. Yeah, I need to readjust. If <laughs> they feel like multiple games, it's true. You know, um, yeah,
2: te- technically it's a few games, but we can get into we that. We can
0: <laughs> get into that. So please, uh everybody at home, put your hands together for uh, the host of Video Game Apocalypse, Michael Raparez, and the host Hi. of 2010, Diana Goodman. Yay! Yay. Yay. Thank you for having us. Oh, this is God. very exciting. We are so excited to have you guys. This is so fun. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, we are, I mean, it's it's pretty hard to overstate how important GoldenEye is as, like, a game, as, like, a cultural movement, you know? So, like, yeah. I, I feel like we need to uh, uh, treat this with the proper gravitas, you <laughs> when, know? Whenever, so
1: many times I'll go into, like, a used game store, and there'd be person who, like... We'll walk in, um, usually about our age, and be like, man, I haven't been in this kind of store from forever. And they'll always they'll go up to the desk, and they're like, you know, me and my friends, we used to play Bond all the time. Mm-hmm. We would, like, <laughs> sit around in my dorm room. We'd just play that Bond game forever. And I'm, sta- I'm like, in the corner, you know, looking through the old, like, pile of SNES games. And I'm like, it's called Goldeneye! Mm-hmm. Goldeneye! <laughs> you Philistines! <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a cultural moment that everyone sort of shared, even in their own like little units. Oh, very much so. And it, yeah. yeah, absolutely.
3: It's such an important game. I as someone who's not raised with video games, I have played this game right to the end oh, really nice. okay i was curious right about to the that end.
0: yeah because i know you're kind of like a big bond head but like yes. not i i wasn't sure if you'd have much experience with the game um yeah.
3: this is the closest i've ever come to completing an actual game No
0: shit that's awesome
3: i get all the way to the end and then a fucking platform the
0: the satellite I
1: just, oh yeah yeah i just decided yeah, yeah. you know what good enough enough. (laughs) yeah well i mean i was we were playing through it today and i'm like i can't remember if i've beaten this game or not so you're just as far along as we are so (laughs) i definitely
0: beaten it but we we found a save file on ours with like the aztec levels and like the egyptian Ah, stuff and i'd never seen those before like i've never played those before
2: those suck (laughs) 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 Um, One, (laughs) one thing like a strange incident from from when i i had this game in college and uh my my roommate, this was like sophomore year, I think, my roommate had this bad habit of like leaving our front door unlocked okay. after I'd yell at him. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. Nobody's going to steal our stuff. And someone came over and stole all his stuff. They stole his guitar. They stole his uh, Nintendo 64 oh. and they stole every game except from my copy of Goldeneye, which was sitting out in the living room with the rest of it. So I have Weird. no idea if they were like, Oh no, I can't take this one. <laughs> this is too important. Maybe this they game. Maybe, so maybe, maybe they already had this game. Maybe that's, like, exactly. yeah, that's it probably so popular
3: it. that they're like, No, no. We
1: don't need it." <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no, this is fine. Or this is the only one that they'll
2: notice <laughs> is missing.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah or maybe they're like a
0: member of specter and they're just like nope not for me thank yeah. you no yeah.
2: we'll not have a picture of pierce brosnan playing that horrible man in my house <laughs> i love the idea of like an evil agent like oh that
0: horrible man no you keep away from oh that me. awful Ooh. awful james bond someone scoop him out with a magazine and take him outside <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Um, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit about our history with uh, Bond as a franchise a little bit. So, like, uh, we'll, we'll start with Woody because I think, Woody, you have the least exposure sure. to Bond of all of us probably.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the James Bond movie franchise is just a culturally huge thing. Um And, you know, I guess it started as the Ian Fleming books. Um, I think I've seen four Bond movies. Um, Goldeneye, two of the uh, Daniel Craig ones, and then... I don't know, maybe some of Thunderball. Oh, <laughs> um, oh yeah. And, and then I've played this game quite a bit. And then my main memory of uh, James Bond is my friend Scott and I, um, for whatever reason, we got assigned the book Goldfinger in one of our English lit classes. Mm. And so wow. um, Scott and Famously I. Famously well written. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um,
3: Incredibly disturbingly racist Bob. Oh, God. And, and oh, so, there's just huge paragraphs about how Oddjob is Korean and therefore <laughs> basically an orangutan. Okay. Oh.
0: God, yeah, I mean. And he's
3: like... Here I'm gonna give him this cat to eat. He'll eat it because Koreans, man. Wow. It, it's really fucked up.
0: Fleming really had an axe to Can grind. Can I swear by the? Oh moon? please! Oh yeah, please, yeah. By all means. Okay. <laughs> Just check it. Yeah, no, Fleming really had an axe to grind with lesbians in particular huh. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like he really he hated women and he hated lesbians in particular. Oh yeah, so
1: not a huh. great guy. <laughs> Besides all that, um, we ended up making for our presentation a Bond parody film, which I still have on a little uh, a little DVD full of like uh, stupid puns and we. Drove our cars backwards everywhere in the movie. We were like the, we were like uh, the second coming of the Zucker brothers. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, how about uh, how about Michael and Diana? How about you guys?
3: Michael, you want
2: to go first? Well, well, my, my experience with the Bond franchise. Yeah. Uh, I I watched several of them during like a weekend USA marathon nice. when I was a kid. So they all kind of run together in my uh, mind. I think they run together whether you watch them t- in the same weekend or not. Yeah. They. Well, yeah. 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 I mean, I think we've seen all of the, the Daniel Craig ones together. Yeah. Um, most of the Pierce Brosnan ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I haven't seen, um, uh, The World Is Not Enough. Oh. That's
4: fine. I, I also haven't okay. played that
2: game. Yeah, we haven't played <laughs> that I game either. It. Yeah, I'm curious to see yeah. how that one holds up. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean. I I think my my favorite is uh, From Russia With Love, which I I watched for the first time a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, this is a totally different Bond than you're used to. This is, like, a fallible Bond, a human Bond who makes mistakes and kind of has to just save himself at the last minute, as opposed to, like, the beginning of GoldenEye, you have a Bond jumping off a cliff on a motorcycle uh, while a, a... a pilotless plane is flying next to him and then he knows he can just base jump to this plane and get in the cockpit and pull up before it crash lands. It's like. That's a little silly. I
0: I feel like the Brosnan-era Bonds were what really drove home to me that Bond is just a sociopath who does, <laughs> like he just he just doesn't really process things the way a normal person, like another
2: person would yeah. be too afraid to do that. And he's just like, nah, this will probably work out. <laughs> like, it, it, it's it's such a strange cultural moment that that's from also because there's so many moments where it's like sexual harassment. What's that? <laughs> Allow me to <laughs> demonstrate. Skeletor asking about Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that's part of why I love Goldeneye in particular, because they're they're sort of, they're actually modernizing. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the things they're modernizing. They're actually pointing yeah. out. Like, yeah, Bond isn't
2: but that's also what makes it such a an artifact of its time too. It's it just like e- even that take has aged kind of weirdly. Well, it's- yeah,
1: because they point it out, but then they just basically continue on. Like the right. Italian yes. like
0: instantly falls in love with him. Like they they mention that like yeah, she M has the line in there that she says you're a sexist, misogynist dinosaur and a relic of the Cold War. But this is also mm-hmm. the movie where we have a woman who strangles people to death while getting off on it with her legs. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So. One step forward, many step <laughs> back. Um, um, let's talk about Goldeneye the movie a little bit. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Diana, what was your first Bond, actually? I was curious. Like, Do you uh, remember when you first kind of started getting into it?
3: Uh, probably Goldfinger mm. as a kid. Um, and then sometimes I saw some on, it used to be the ABC Sunday Night movie. Mm-hmm. They used to run them. I remember Live and Let Die in particular because um, it's got running across gators and running across gators. And well, Yab- yeah, Cotto yeah. really Balloon. Yeah. Pit-
1: Pitfall yeah, Harry Yabit, taught X-Men. us that running across gators is rad. <laughs> it's true. It's on yeah. Atari 2600. Um.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, I just seen a couple here and there and it's sort of like, yeah, whatever. And then Probably about sometime after GoldenEyes, so probably like ninety six or so, I just decided, fuck it, I'm a complete let's yeah. watch all
1: of it. Yeah. I just, and so just did it. I just forced the library that I work at, um, the person who manages the DVDs was like, I need to bulk up this action movie section. What should I get? I'm like, Get all the Bond movies. Perfect. And then they're like, Okay, that's like that'll really bulk us up. So that's um, gonna be perfect. It just is a very short segment here. Um, for my own knowledge, can you guys all give me one the one Bond movie I should watch?
0: I'll let, I'll let diane take yeah. that first yeah
1: mm.
3: uh, i feel like goldfinger is the easy answer that seems to be uh, so many people it's their favorite it's the best and it's the one they keep trying to redo over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um it is also incredibly dated and <laughs> really sexy yeah
0: yeah oh my god that's uh yeah i think
3: move along man talk <laughs> yeah. says that to a woman and I mean, he
0: slaps her ah! on the butt with that too yeah, yeah. yeah to send her off I mean, arguably, I would almost argue Man with the Golden Gun is more sexist because that's the movie oh. where he makes the woman hide in the closet while he bangs another woman.
4: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and he's just like so mean to that girl. Is that Hollywood? I think that's Hollywood head, but like he's so mean to her yeah. that entire movie. Mm-hmm. I-, I would say like, oh, I- I honestly, I would kind of say uh, Skyfall. Like, I may- okay. maybe that's yeah. a cop out to yeah. do such a recent one, but I mean, the Roger Deacon cinematography, and like, and it's also just kind of like, I feel like Skyfall is kind of like a, a confluence of everything that makes Bond fun without any of the problematic stuff. But again, it's, it feels like a cop out because it's like the movie before last. Like it's a very yeah, recent. Not, one.
3: not a cop out at all. But, you but, know, yeah, that's. It's also commenting on the ridiculousness of all this. The idea of like all, all the spying and shit, it hurts and kills people, and it's not always for a good reason, and everyone's got blood on their hands. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. And it feels like w- it feels like it has some real stakes. Like, I've seen Skyfall, and it is good. Um, and one thing I notice about Goldeneye, and we'll get to talking about it a little more, mm-hmm. is no one in the movie seems to be taking the stakes very seriously. No. <laughs> like, no. there, There's a scene where they're flying over Cuba, trying to find the satellite, and they're just, like, playfully like pushing at each other in the helicopter. <laughs> like, oh, where's the spy satellite that's going to destroy London? I I don't know oh you. yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's talk yeah. about goldeneye a little bit uh so this movie was released on november 17th 1995 directed by martin campbell starring pierce yeah. pierce brosnan sean bean Eliz- isabella skorupko, skorupko uh k johnson joe don baker alan cumming robbie coltrane desmond Llewellyn, and judy dench as m this is the 17th bond film and it's the first role for brosnan he'd actually been in the running for this part for a while since the early 80s he uh, was
3: supposed to be when Timothy Dalton got the job. That was supposed to be Brosnan. But he was under contract for the show Remington Steel, and they thought that show had been canceled. And they literally were about to hold the press conference. Like, he was getting ready for the press conference when NBC said, No, we're going to renew Remington Steel, so you can't make this. Money.
0: And then didn't they only do like one more season and then they canceled it anyway? Yeah, exactly. So he got, he kind of got the shaft on that. But like, Uh, Brosnan used to show up like he was married to one of the Bond girls in uh, Mm -hmm. For Your Eyes Only with one of the Roger Moore movies who she tragically died pretty young. But he would come to the set to visit her and everybody was just like going gaga for him like, (laughs) oh, my God, you should be the next Bond, blah, 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 blah. So he'd been on the uh, on the ticket for a while, uh, but they didn't really pull the trigger. Um, I, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think Goldeneye is like only second to Skyfall for me. Like, this is my second favorite in the entire series. Uh, And I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't
2: know. Um,
3: I'll go top five. It's definitely my top five. Yeah, yeah. I
2: remember you you always used to say, uh, Diana, that it's like, this is one of the best action movies ever made for women. Huh. Oh, yeah. That's a good point, actually. That's an interesting point. Yeah,
3: there's there's a lot of strong women doing stuff, either crazy, sexy stuff or whatever. (laughs) There's the commenting on the, uh, the sexual harassment type things and that. Uh most of the characters treat Bond like a piece of
0: meat. <laughs> yes, yes.
3: <gasps> and that makes me happy.
0: I I it was jarring to see they had a new actress playing Moneypenny in this one. This is the uh, first time Samantha Bond was doing it and um she kind of really uh is fed up with bond like <laughs> that's the vibe you're getting with it. she's like all right you know what this was fun for a while but you know put your money where your mouth is or shut the fuck up like yeah,
3: shut up himbo yeah that's pretty much what she says
0: <laughs> right which is basically what m calls him later too she's like your boyish charms are so completely lost on me and uh judy dench completely fucking rules um, <laughs> yep. mm. first
3: first time for judy dench and there was a big thing at the time m is a woman oh
0: yeah and no disrespect to bernard lee but uh yeah judy dench is my favorite m like I don't. It's yeah. it's really not mm. even close. I really, um, I mean, in that spirit too. I
1: really like um, Natalia as a character. Yeah, like she's not. She doesn't feel like a thrown aside like Bond girl. Like she just. She feels very relevant and important to the plot. Like she's introduced before. Like it even is clear how her story intersects with James Bond.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. which I think works well. And and she's you like i don't know usually i don't know she's convincingly smart in a way that uh well Denise Richards in particular was not able to put pull off later but She's a computer programmer, and, like, at first, it's a little jarring, because it's like, okay, you look like an international supermodel, and you're working the night shift at a Siberian lab facility. (laughs) Something's not quite right here, but she sells it. I think she's really good. And, like, um, Isabella Skorupko, not an actress you really see much anymore, but uh, I I like what she did with this character, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I just think that was one of the things. Uh, Sean Bean, I think, is a really great uh, villain in this one. Spoilers alert, he's the Mm. villain in this one. (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Right. Yeah. No, I think this is just. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was one of my earlier Bond movies. I think the first Bond movie I saw was *Living Daylights* uh, with Timothy Dalton, which is solid, totally solid, fun movie. Um, But uh, this is the first one that really grabbed me, and I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm into this Bond thing. Um, But it just. I don't know. I think it's really slick. I think it's really well produced. It's uh, it's high octane. It's entertaining. yeah, I don't know, lots of great stunt pieces. The bungee jump at the yeah. beginning, the chasing the plane oh, yeah. off of oh, a yeah. that
3: like a world record bungee jump, I want to say? Se- it I have
0: that. Like that. It, yeah. that is 722 feet. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm, wow. Crazy. We were watching that the other, the other night, and uh, it just begins with him running to that spot on the dam, which is very recognizable if you've played the game. Mm-hmm and and jumps off and i'm like they cut the whole first level what yeah. the hell yeah you don't get any of that build up to there it just it just opens with him jumping off what, yeah. what the
0: hell? i want to see him go around shooting alarms you know? yeah
2: exactly it's <laughs> my favorite installing part. a modem come on <laughs> uh
0: something that stuck out to me this time that i didn't notice previously uh only two actors of the main cast do not appear in the game. One is Judy Dench. I think that makes sense, like, because she's the one handing out the dossiers in the game, so it makes sense that you're not seeing it. But no Joe Don Baker in this.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. uh,
0: so, I mean, I, I, I really was looking forward to the chance to kind of recreate my favorite Joe Don Baker moments, like from Walking Tall or, or <laughs> Joy- Joysticks. <laughs> joysticks
1: where see the angry arcade owner and Joysticks.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and maybe like a, a Joe Don Baker-Judy Dench slap fight. I mean, I feel like we need to mm-hmm. mod this, like, because I really want to see how that would go. I'm actually yeah. putting my money on Dame
2: Judy.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I don't... Just,
2: yeah. They don't have hand a, out have those have game special... titles easily. Just if they could have, like, a Mitchell skin for him in multiplayer <laughs> with that, that great uh, used car salesman jacket. <laughs> oh. yeah. Occasionally he drinks. It's like you press a B button yeah. to drink.
0: <laughs> and just... I, oh, God, I would love it if every time he fires a gun it's just like uh, uh, Mike Nelson saying, Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah.
2: Instead that. of dying, he just shows off his ass tattoo. The rose. <laughs>
0: Oh, see, missed opportunity. I don't I, I don't know if they just forgot to ask him to for the rights to his image or if he's a cranky bastard. I don't know if he's a cranky. He looks like one. Well, from the perspective of, like, capturing
1: the spirit of the movie, I watched this movie last night and mm. I already forgot that he was in it. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure, like, when you think of, like, what do we need to get for a GoldenEye video game, Joe Don Baker is in the top ten of those things. Right. <laughs> like...
0: I mean, he's a weird case, too. Okay, so they brought him in to kind of replace the character of Felix Leiter, who, like, he lost both. his legs in the last Mm. movie to a shark (laughs) Um, but
3: disagreed with something that ate him
0: (laughs) but but jodan baker don't
3: give me credit for that that's in oh
0: i know (laughs) (laughs) but they uh jodan baker was actually the villain in the movie before that uh the living daylights so they just kind of ignored that that and they just brought him in as this lovable like jimmy buffett style hard drinking cia agent (laughs) i guess i don't know uh, but, yeah, it was a goofy character. He only showed up once more, and then, I don't know, they, they got sick of him. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, a couple of little other trivial tidbits. I found the The six-and-a-half-year ga- gap between License to Kill and GoldenEye is the longest gap between Bond movies. and
3: By far.
0: By far. Wasn't there, like, some litigation going on at this time? Like, this, this is before the guy sued about Never Say Never Again or whatever. Um,
3: no, that suit's gone on and on over right. and over again, which is a weird thing where, yeah, Thunderball is co-written by a guy who, because he co-wrote it uh, with Ian Fleming, has rights to make— they sued back and forth. He has rights to make that movie and that movie only. Right, so he may never say never again, which is a remake of Thunderball, and he has threatened fourteen times since then to do it again. He knows, <laughs> please, please
0: don't. That please. I I love that movie God. because they cat like that's a that's a role that Sean Connery took purely out of spite like, mm-hmm. he's like can give me a paycheck and can I stick it to those know, like, and- I like to imagine
1: if he does make it again it'll be called never say never again again
0: <laughs> or never never say never yeah. again again keep going building yeah, on exactly. that until it's like 14 titles long um, and uh, before finally settling on Pierce Brosnan as Bond in this the producers considered Paul McGann former uh, Doctor Who and with Null yeah. and I uh, Liam Neeson Sam Neill Sean Bean someone named Lambert Wilson who i'm not familiar with french actor oh. um I-
3: yeah he's he's in the he's the french guy in the second matrix movie remember that guy
2: i remember very little about the second <laughs> matrix movie the, the merovingian that yeah, guy yeah. oh that oh. is that is a deep pull okay Has liam <coughs> neeson... that's the
3: first thing off the top of my head that you might remember
0: have
1: liam neeson ever been in a bond movie
0: no. no. That I don't is think so. crazy. He'd be a good Bond villain, I think, yeah. actually, at this point. Yeah. Uh, and the other person being considered was Mel Gibson. So let's uh, say a prayer for that the Ballard we Dodge. Nice. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and this is... One
3: thing I do love, I have to throw this out please. there, that every time they look for a new Bond, they always make him screen test with the same scene. Oh, really? From Russia with Love. So if you go on YouTube, you can find a bunch of them. There is a James Brolin one. Oh, wow. You can see the Sam Neill one. There's a John Gavin one. And it's the same scene over and over and over, so you can compare them. It's kind of neat. Oh, that's
0: interesting. I need to look into that. Sam
3: Neill, uh,
0: yeah. I would have gone early 80s Sam Neill, like, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was a snack. He was a snack. I think that's all you need. You just need a, a man with a vaguely British accent who is also a snack. So. Mm-hmm. They
1: have a little, um, they have, like, a questionnaire for the people interviewing him, and it's, like, a meter on British accent. Yeah. And then the next one is snack, and there's a Y or an N, and you just circle.
0: <laughs> snack question Gentlemen. mark.
1: This is our man. Yeah. This is
0: our man. As a side tangent, does anyone have, like, a like a pick does anyone have like a who they want to be the next bond besides like i mean Mm. i feel like idris elba is the obvious choice was that not confirmed he's kind of said he's not going to do it at this point Hmm. like he's i I think he's i think he's kind of they've waited too long he's like 47 now or something like i don't think he wants to do it anymore Mm. i have kind of a dark horse candidate uh i'm gonna say sam hugan from outlander um, I don't know if anyone's mm. familiar with him, but I saw him in this kind of goofy comedy, uh, "The Spy Who Dumped Me," with Mila Kunis and Kate McKinnon. And anytime I see like an actor in like a spy comedy, like I kind of feel like it's a it's an audition, you know, mm. or, or a spy anything. Like when Daniel Craig was in Layer Cake, you know, and then he's uh, mm. Bond after that, so that felt like a spy movie audition. And he could still be kind of a controversial pull because he's a redhead and people freaked out when he had a blonde Bond. So, you know, a ginger blonde would just throw them over the top. And I think he'd be good at it. And he satisfies the uh, the, the snack to British accent <laughs> ratio. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. See, now, I there was a while there where they were seriously talking Jane Bond. Oh, yeah.
4: yeah. Mhm.
3: And they, they actually... And this is like mid-90s. They talk to Emma Thompson about it. What? with a time machine, I kind of want that to be in another reality because that's so fucking
0: cool. Sense and Sensibility era Emma Thompson (laughs) as Jane Bond. I'm a thousand... (laughs) The
3: world's most uptight but also very (laughs) polite spy. You
0: know, fuck it. I'm I'm in favor of modern day, today, Emma Thompson playing Jane Bond from now. I don't care. She's still feisty as hell. She's awesome. So I say let her do it.
2: This is, yeah, full 180. Fandy Newton oh, Great. from
0: Westworld. Great That That is a good call. <laughs> oh, man. I think she could pull it off.
3: I think she
0: could. Yeah. She's killing it on Big Mouth right now. I just watched the new season of Big Mouth.
2: Same. I just finished watching. But... Yeah, yeah. She's the super horny hormone
0: monstrous. <laughs> just, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think that's great. Um, mm. Do you have a Dark Horse Big Wish? Sure. I'm going to go with
1: Ben Wishaw, um, who I believe is Q. He's Q right? right now. So I, I like to imagine yeah. that he gets promoted because I like the idea of the same person playing James Bond in Paddington. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Well,
2: <laughs> that. And I just. I would really like them to lean into the fan theory that James Bond is just a code name, yeah. and it's it's all different guys. Is that a uh, fan
0: theory? I I or is that it's been yeah, through? it's a fan theory. Um,
1: okay, so that and is like, not canon. It, you know? it it
0: kind of varies director okay. by director. Some of them seem to be taking that on. Like it almost seems like Casino Royale is like taking that literally.
1: I feel like that mm-hmm. it, with that theory, it makes everything play so much better, and it makes the timelines make so much more sense, and it yeah. just gives them so much more freedom. I don't know why they wouldn't canonize that. Uh,
0: right. And I don't know. I think I think the the super hardcore fans are kind of resistant to that and I don't really know why. Yeah. Um I'm in
2: favor of that. I like that idea. Yeah. 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 Well I, I think um Ian Fleming always kind of based Bond off of himself <laughs> in his own spy days so he might his ghost might see that as s- some sort of violation of, like, no, Bond has to be the same person. Yeah. But, I mean, do we care what the ghost of an old racist <laughs> means? <laughs> Not really. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, screw it. He, he might I show know. up to haunt Jamaica again. You That's know, you true. Never know. I just want oh, like yeah, to that say, is,
1: Steve, oh, the yeah. ghosts of old racists are what this country was founded on. So... <laughs> 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 <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: that's that's the new American yeah. slogan. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is the one other thing to note too. Uh Goldeneye was the first movie that wasn't directly based on a book or a short story. It was kind of an original yeah. story. But the name Goldeneye, that's the name of Ian Fleming's estate in uh Jamaica where he wrote all of his books. Yep. So and I, I looked at pictures of that and it's like if I could live anywhere like totally right there it's on a it's on a cliffside overlooking a private beach it's like this sprawling manor but it's not like ostentatious it's just kind of a classy like 50s nice home i don't know it looked awesome to me do you know who lives there now uh mm. i think it's just some guy You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Handy facts delivered by Ultra
1: 64.
0: No, I I think it's honestly like a museum at this point. Like, yeah. Um, Mm. All right, well, let's jump into this game real quick. Uh, All right. GoldenEye 007 was released August 25th, 1997, developed by Rare and published by Nintendo. This is an N64 exclusive, but it received several ports and re-releases and remakes on other systems, so you can find it. Uh, Yeah, I don't even need to tell you, this was a massive, massive hit. This is the third best-selling game on the N64 falling behind only Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64. It sold 8 million copies, which uh, doesn't sound like much now, but on the N64, that's pretty huge.
3: Yeah. Did Sup- why did I think Super Mario 64 came with the system? It Be- did because yeah, it, it did. did. It did. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah.
2: It, did. I- it was like one of two games at launched, The other one being Pilot Wings, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> which fun uh, we played that one. Not a not a system mover that game, no. Uh, no. But, but charming. Um, I, I still owe my sister a great debt of gratitude. I think I've told this story on the show before, but like when I first bought my N64, I saved up enough money to buy the console with Mario packed in and then one other game. So I was trying to decide what game I wanted. I was. All set to buy Virtual Chess 64. And my sister talked me out of it and told me to buy Gold yeah. instead. She convinced me. And uh, now I've gone back and played Virtual Chess 64, and I think I need to send her a fruit basket or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Out of we haven't like, played it
1: for the show yet. Who knows? Yeah, It could be okay. It
0: could be okay. Uh, so, a little bit about the development of this game. Um, the director and producer of this game was a 23 year old working for Rare named Martin Hollis. Uh, he was a relatively.
1: I-
3: I'm oh. done. <laughs> right? I refuse to let 23-year-olds do anything
1: good. <laughs> yeah, God. You have to cross the, the three decades before
0: you can deliver anything great. Damn whippersnappers don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah. nothing. You
3: have to be old enough to rent a car.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's barely old enough to drink. Um, so, And he was pretty inexperienced at the time. I think at this time he was working there, he'd only done, like, a little bit of backup development on the coin-op Killer Instinct. And that's it. Uh But he he made a pitch to, like, be able to direct a Bond game once they acquired the license. The original idea was this was going to be a side-scrolling platform, similar to Donkey Kong Country, of all things. Oh, my Um, God. That was going to come out for the N64 and it was good, or for the Super Nintendo, sorry, for the Super Nintendo. And uh, they liked that idea, they started working on that, and then they heard about the mysterious new Ultra 64 console that was coming out. And the, and the, then
1: the podcast of the same name they were to follow that. 20 yeah, years yeah. past.
0: <laughs> they saw the glimmer in my eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, so he, he decided he wanted to try move it over to this new system, and he wanted to make it an on rails first person shooter modeled after Virtua Cop. Uh, in fact, a, a good amount of the features in this game were came from Virtual Cop, like the location dependent like hit points on the body, and the pressing R to manually aim, things like that. That's all ripped off from Virtua Cop. Well, except Virtua Cop was a light gun game. Oh, was
1: it? Yes. I thought you Virtua, had a gun on no, screen. Virtua Cop is a light gun. Oh, game. which one
0: am I thinking of? I, um, I don't know. Okay, never mind. Ignore me. <laughs> 40, forty winks. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of forty winks. It's true. Uh, So Martin Hollis, he assembled a very small team of very young, untested developers to work on the game. In the end, the entire GoldenEye team was 11 people, which is nuts. What? And aggregate age was like 27, like of all of them. Uh, Ridiculous. I hate them all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I think part of it is when we think of games based on movies, there's sort of a mentality, I think, generally of it being sort of a throwaway property, Mm. Um, because it's usually like the license is enough to sell the game that they're going to put sort of a middling to low amount of effort into it, right? And so I'm, yeah. that's probably why they were okay with being like, yeah, we'll just put these guys on it, and whatever they come up with is fine, totally. And clearly, like these guys were going to put a lot more work into it than like your Back to the Future games, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. you
3: know, I feel like wow. Can I make? I'm going to make a crazy comparison, please. Like Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm um they didn't think it was going to do much so yeah. they just let them run wild and also let someone inexperienced come in and not knowing the rules of the thing just letting him do what he wanted to do and in that way he ends up inventing new things right yeah,
1: yeah i don't think that's an or, unreasonable yeah. comparison yeah. no not at mm. all
0: now michael you know a little bit more about game development side than i do is 11 people <laughs> for a, a team like is that like an uncommonly small or is <laughs> that, this common that this seems age?
2: really tiny okay. even even for the N64 era yeah and and just just the idea that like I, I think being having been a teenager at this time like bond coming back like that seemed like bond who cares about that that's for dad yeah. that's such a hokey series yeah, and gone that, for so long. that they were making an N64 game about it I, I still remember uh reading about the development and what was then ign64.com mm. Mm. uh and uh reading that like, yeah, it was gonna be this the shooter, and meanwhile I was much more interested in the Mission Impossible game, which was supposed to be like this thing where you could you can do anything you can uh, blow up your boss and, and just go running around headquarters with a rocket launcher you won't get very far if you do that but you can do it mm-hmm. and then like the Mission Impossible game increasingly became a more generic shooter and GoldenEye emerged as like no this is kind of more what the Mission Impossible people were describing and then it's like you have all these different objectives there's a complexity to it you can uh, shoot your allies and fail the mission mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I don't remember that if, well, but if you, uh, you can.
0: Like, there's a mission early on where you're supposed to minimize scientists' fatalities. So if you right, shoot too yes. many of them, yeah, you'll die, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I think, isn't there... There's, like, an escort mission late, towards the end of the game where you're supposed to help Natalia do something, and if you just run up and shoot Boris, she'll run away and be like, fuck you. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. like, that
0: wasn't very nice, James. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. Okay, because we, we were just playing a little bit of the single player, and we were wondering if we could kill Boris or not. <laughs> it's bad. Because it, you run into <laughs> him, you get the golden eye key from him, you scan it and everything, and, like, we shot him in the foot. Uh, he walked away <laughs> from it, but, like, and I don't know. But, yeah, you could shoot him. Yeah.
2: We were replaying a few of the missions yesterday, and it's like, yeah, you, you not only can you shoot Boris in the first mission you encounter him in, but you can also shoot uh Double o Six mm-hmm. when oh, he's yeah. about to be executed by <laughs> him off <laughs> do you could can you, can you, you fail the mission if that happens, or no, and now no okay. it just he just fell over i think I think the shots might have gone off at the same time, ah, maybe, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um. <laughs> so like small team, very scrappy,
0: lots of young yes, people very who didn't really know what they were doing. And so they were just kind of like, fuck it, let's play around until we find something. It was pretty soon in the development. they're we like, you know what? This would be more fun if we took this off the rails and kind of played a little bit like Doom. So they built out the rest of the levels as opposed to just what you could see on the track. And uh started playing around with it like that. And then they just kind of messed with the features a little bit more. The original version that they created was much, much gorier than this. Like, it had fountains mm. of blood erupting <laughs> from people. It was, like, and, it was like Turok. Yeah, yeah, like Turok-style death. And then, like, Nintendo got sight of it, and they weren't crazy about it. And, like, uh, Martin Hollis met with Shigeru Miyamoto who suggested that they have a a closing credits scene where Bond walks through a hospital shaking hands with all the people (laughs) he shot, which is, like, amazing, and the most Miyamoto thing possible. It's like, can you just go around and say, good game, just good game, good game. (laughs) No hard feelings, I know, it was just your job. Well, that is kind of a strange,
1: like, random thread through a lot of Nintendo games like at the end of Donkey Kong Country they'll like have like the actors who was in these games yeah. and they have like the little beavers that you jumped on and snakes and <laughs> yeah. stuff like everyone was just playing their role and they don't care that they got destroyed like 10 levels in
0: and I think <laughs> I think that was the compromise they landed on they toned down the blood and then they introduce all the characters like in the opening credits ah. like like you're introducing the cast of a movie just to sell mm-hmm. that this is artifice it's like alright these are players you're not actually killing anybody There's
1: still uh, um, there's still fairly like uh, gruesome death animations. Like when you yeah. um, when you shoot guys in the arm, you know, they'll shake their arms or you can shoot them in the groin and they'll sort of grab and like keel over. Oh yeah, which, that, that was great. That one, <laughs> that one takes forever
0: for them to die. Yeah. We what, got stuck because a guy was blocking the door because he was like his his nard holding animation was just going on <laughs> for so long. One of one of my favorite things
1: about the animation is that characters have to complete their current animation before they, <laughs> they'll like die. So if a guy is rolling at you and you shoot him while he's rolling, he'll roll, yes. stand up, and then die. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like time delay
1: bullets. Yeah. It's like oh,
2: wait, oh, 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 yeah. Also, just the the volume of enemies in some of these stages is kind of shocking by modern standards because I, I think it was like the second Siberia stage where like the the sky is blood red and then just kept getting swarmed by dudes. Yeah. It's like there's there's five dudes at a time just running in, like, running through the same door to get shot over and over again, and I think, like, I ended up getting killed, and I was looking at the kill count, and I was like, 81! (laughs) I killed 81 dudes in this level! (laughs) Holy
1: shit! One thing, you know, as silly as that seems in the game, um, I I noticed watching the movie, it's not that far off from the movie, there's so many scenes in the movie where Mm. Bond will just have some kind of assault rifle, and just kind of blindly fire it at this group of enemies,
0: Yeah, and they will all kind of fall down stairs or something something um i think that's kind of the reason i love the show the venture brothers so much because Mm -hmm. like it's so much about like the the inner lives of these people who work generic faceless (laughs) henchmen like working behind (laughs) the scenes like how they got these jobs and what their lives are like like i always worry about i always wonder how they're hiring all these people (laughs) like yeah it's got to be a tough sell right
3: yeah yeah this is the first time watching the movie that i started thinking about i especially at the end, the second base in Cuba, like, who are these people? Because we know this is a Russian-owned base, and they're wearing uniforms, but they're not wearing Russian uniforms. They're just sort of generic uniforms. And they and they let sean bean take over so are these henchmen or are these russians or are these yeah. cubans uh, who cares it's blown <laughs> me. oh.
0: i mean a good deal of the programmers in there are like wearing hager slacks and like yeah like casual yeah, work attire <laughs> <laughs> like like they punched <laughs> the clock very... to get here today
3: <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people wearing like salmon colored polo shirts yeah. running <laughs> no! blowing up how i you gonna be early yeah they're
0: having nice conversations around the borscht cooler you know and just like yeah they're, they're having a great time they're just no. this is a normal job for a lot of people and then they just get electrocuted uh, and oh, they crushed to poor death bastards. or soaked with liquid <laughs> nitrogen um yeah, so I mean, yeah, this game just kind of came together. I've got a couple little random trivia things. Uh, the dev team grafted their faces onto all the non essential scientist characters. Wow. Ah. Um, David Doak is one of the design team, and he appears in the uh-huh. game as Dr. Uh-huh. Doak. Yeah, if
2: that game sound, yep. sounds That's right. He
3: ran into him. Yeah.
2: I thought that he, he was went on to do uh, time splitters, right? Oh, no, shit. Was, was that him? Oh, awesome. I think I think he's he's like the head of Free Radical. Oh,
0: right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember somebody involved with Goldeneye had something to do with Time Splitters, which needs to come mm. back. I missed that series. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, and for a while, the developers were toying with the idea that if you wanted to reload in this game, you had to pop the Rumble Pack out of the back of your controller and slam it back in, like you're popping a mag in your gun. <laughs> <laughs> which is a, that would have been a great idea. It's a fun idea in theory. And then if you try, I tried it a few times with my controller. I'm like, oh, yeah, this sucks. This su- I, would not- I would hate to do this. <laughs> it, would, it would ruin so many controllers ruin- and rumble packs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, I mean, it would just slow down your game so horribly. <laughs> but fun idea, and I like that they were going yeah. there with that. Um There are a couple of urban legends surrounding this game I want to talk about. I love video game urban legends, and this one has some good ones. So there was a pervasive myth for a long time that you could unlock the other bonds through a cheat code. Um, But this one has been debunked. Uh, There was an interview with the developers from Now Gamer, and they claimed that there was an early version of the game where they had all of the bonds in there. Um, in addition Mm -hmm. to Brosnan. However, uh, Eon, who owns the rights to James Bond, they came in and they said, no, I'm sorry, they're not going to do it because you need to pay them. Mm -hmm. The other guys might be okay, but Connery's going to want money. (laughs) And if you give Connery money, they all get money. So, you know, that's probably Mm -hmm. not going to happen. So they put the kibosh on that, but on the last day before they took those characters out, they had a uh, 300-kill, like, four-hour-long match, a death match, where they pitted... Uh, Connery, Dalton, Moore, and Brosnan against each other. No love for Lazenby, apparently. Yeah. But, uh, Lazenby. They they wanted to see who was the best. And uh, apparently Roger Moore. Roger Moore. If you're going off of this huh. basis, Roger Moore is the best. But they have been completely scrubbed from the game, sadly. No Chico will unlock them. Um, no. Too bad. The other big one was uh, the Golden Island. So if you're on the dam level and you look out yes. like in the far distance, you know this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's a...
3: Yeah, you mentioned this to me when we were playing last night. I was like, what are you even talking
0: <laughs> about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's this barely visible island that's way off in the body of water. And so, for a long time, the rumor was that if you could get out to that island, you would get the Golden Gun, which is a one shot, one kill uh, super weapon. Um, but in order to do it, you have to beat the game every level on every difficulty. And then you need to unlock every single cheat in the entire game. Then you have to find a guy in that damn stage who has a key card. That key card will unlock a boat. That (laughs) boat will let you drive out to the island. That island will have the gun, and then you can drive back. None of this is true. Um, they tested this a couple of years ago on game trailers when they had this little series uh, where they were they were testing out myths like this. And the only way to get out there is with a game shark. And all it is is just leftover code. Um, they they had that as a place where you could go to get some body armor. And then they decided it was just too much of a detour for a first level. You know, I just, and it would just So it's not of a totally unfounded myth. Like there, no, was, yeah. there was programming
1: for that at some
0: point. Like, there just, was a way to get there at yeah. one point. But uh, they just took it out and they just didn't take the building out. So, and then of course, every game of this era has a nude code uh, rumor based around it. This one was apparently nude bond exclusive to Natalia. You just punch in the code, and then you get n- ah. nude Natalia the entire game. Nude talia. Nude talia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I want a game with a nude Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> that um, was that was
2: another urban. L- n- Yes. Was it really neutrality? Was yeah. Oh New, shit.
0: Yep. Okay, I didn't know. That I
1: think all. they were just called nudalities. Nudalities. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. And there may have been there may have been an actual game that had them in like the horrible w- the horrible hellscape of like digitized early '90s fighting game. There might have actually been
0: an arcade game with a nudality Plumbers Don't don't Wear Ties definitely had a nude (laughs) that worked but everyone loves that game Um, yeah but that that nude code rumor came from an Australian game magazine that was a prank but people believed it Mm -hmm. and so it had to clarify and people still believe it um, so the plot of this game mirrors the movie pretty closely actually mm-hmm. they take a couple Very of detours mm-hmm. uh, I found some like side by side screenshot comparisons so the developers went to the set and they took photos while they were making the game or making the movie and uh, they got the details down to like the writing on the door or the writing on the barrels like it's all there and it's all pretty accurate so uh, an impressive level of detail um, you do get a couple of little side missions like you go off to the uh, the uh Sevenaya uh, Satellite Institute, like for in between before Natalia's even there. Or something. Yeah, I
1: mean, the, the game
0: itself is actually a lot more expansive
1: than the movie. I mean, they pre- take pretty much every scene in the movie and make one or two levels out of it in the game, but then they expand it even farther. This game, the single player game, has like 20 levels, yeah. which is pretty
0: impressive.
3: What, what was the, the date on release of the game versus the movie again? It was like two years?
0: It was almost two years later, yeah. Uh, so okay. I think Tomorrow Never Dies was a about to come out. It would have come out in November of 97, so it was about to come out. Um, And I think at one point there was pressure to switch it over to a Tomorrow Never Dies game to tie it in, but, like, they were so entrenched in the GoldenEye thing at that point. Like, yeah, they they just had to do it that way. So
1: I think that the presentation, aside from, like, the gameplay of this game, which we'll get into soon, I feel like the presentation of this game is just phenomenal. Mm. Like, um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't you know, it It doesn't doesn't look 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 that great. Um, Things are are pretty blurry, um, but the, like, the how precise they are in terms of matching the movie. Like, so many of the guns look like the guns that he had in the movie, even if he's just holding it for, like, five seconds to shoot off a barrage of fire. Mm-hmm. And the sound effects... Are exactly they? They feel pulled from the movie. There's like a weird sort of pa-choo, grazing sound Mm -hmm. effect of like a bullet bouncing off that you can hear in the movie multiple times
0: and in the game. Yeah, which you probably just had like internalized playing the game exactly over the years. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you just recognize bullet ricochets and
1: in the the music in this game. Mm -hmm. I feel like the music is just unbelievable. Like because they, you'll hear these sort of. Motifs coming back in the movie, but they only play them for a couple seconds Mm. in the movie, um, and they kind of come in and out at weird times in the movie, I noticed.
0: It's kind of weird that, like, almost every track on this soundtrack is just kind of a slightly remixed version of the Bond theme, and yet it doesn't really get old. No. Like, they find ways to keep it fresh consistently throughout. And it it manages Mm. to, like, sound...
1: Both spy, like spying and high tech, but also exciting, and it doesn't get sort of in your way. Yeah, is I don't know. I feel like to me, like if you were to identify one thing that sort of people would most closely identify with this game, I think people would identify it by sound more than more than by graphics,
2: probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and especially when you compare it to the movie score, like the movie score, big
3: surprise, is <laughs> so
2: forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the game score instantly memorable. And I, I think that's, that's one argument for the game being a much more important cultural artifact than the movie ever was. I think you could definitely make a good argument for
0: that. Like, the movie, the opening scene, you know, where he's walking out in the crosshairs and everything, the, the remixed, uh, electronica cue that they played there sounds like a cat <laughs> sitting on a piano. Like I, do, it's it. They never went back to that again. But I think they were trying to make it sound edgy and electronic in 1995. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it exactly. sounds like
3: that. This, this ain't your daddy's James Bond. <laughs> right. No, no. It actually kind
0: of is. Kind of is. That's <laughs>
3: the point. Yeah. Um, They're yeah, all no, the, the music sounded very late 80s in a weird way. There's there's a lot of synthesizer and there's a couple points where there's like.
4: Little,
3: I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be doing a car chase. Why is someone scratching? Yeah. This is dumb. Yeah. And like, there's a couple points in there the score it's like oh okay that's a little bit better but uh eric sarah i don't believe scored anymore no these they just handed it over to david arnold he's been in charge like ever since because he's so good at it
0: and who was it before david it was somebody it was like one person for like the longest time and then um, eric sarah and then i'm i'm blanking <clears throat> on the name off the top of my head
3: uh, well, I know John John Barry cycled John it,
0: Barry. And he, that's what and I was he did.
3: Of. He did the. He's credited with the theme, which actually is stolen from an, um, a musical that no one remembers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, does it, Does anyone want to attempt to summarize the plot of this movie? I admit that as much as I like Bond, the plot is just kind of <laughs> uh, tenuous uh, muscle tissue there, keeping the the stunts linked together. And so they I mean, they all kind of blur together for me.
3: Some of, some of it makes it. This was another one with the rewatch. I realized, oh, this movie should be half as long because the plot is more complicated than it actually needs to a, be. There's a
1: lot of superfluous elements. Like, they steal a helicopter for some reason. The um, helicopter is right.
0: weirdly, like, yeah. heavily used in the early parts of the movie, yeah. 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 So. I mean...
3: Well, actually, no. I mean, it's still the helicopter. It makes sense because the helicopter can survive an EMP.
2: Oh, right. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah. See, I didn't still, pick up on that until right. we like watched the cutscenes from Goldeneye Reloaded. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they
3: say it once, real fast, and then mm-hmm. they say it again. Like, it just it goes by real fast. Right. So yeah. So the bad guys steal this helicopter because it can survive an EMP. They take it to the Russian base where the EMP weapon is based here's the point where the movie could just end mm-hmm. because they could just steal it fire it at London fly away
0: oh
1: right they have, the, they have to test it somewhere
3: tracks. yeah you blow up the base to cover your tracks and uh, your evil scheme is done I mean, Yay.
0: Trevelyan but, probably does yeah. more monologuing yeah. than any other, but like, there's they a, get captured so many times. Yeah, there's
1: a scene where he yeah. just has his gun to Bond's head at the end mm-hmm. of the movie and there's nothing <laughs> that he needs to keep James Bond alive for no. at that point. He has nothing
0: to yeah. prove, he has no code <laughs> that he needs from him, yeah. and he's just keeping him alive for no reason. Or at, yeah. at like, the end, like, he, you know, he's planting the mines and then he walks out and surrenders, like, why wouldn't they shoot him in the face? His hands are up. He can't do anything. Shoot him in the damn face. Find the mines. Mon-
2: deprogram them.
3: If you got a monologue, monologue at the corpse. Yeah. Yeah. Or yep. just, like, take his knees off. I don't
2: know. Yeah, I'd yeah.
3: Be, I'd be a better uh, I super I think
2: villain. Lee Van Cleef said it best. If you're going to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. <laughs>
1: Amen. Yeah, so, I mean, very, very basic plot summary of the movie and the game is rogue MI6 agent and uh, rogue Russian general co-opt um co-op secret satellite to shoot EMP and deactivate London's banks in order to steal
0: a huge sum of money yeah I that's, think that's, that's good. what they're yeah, going I for think yeah. that's about right yeah and then you get Hagrid and Nightcrawler in there too and it's all fun. yeah yeah. Um, oh, I forgot he's nice oh guy. and ba- I forgot about baby mini driver in this yeah <laughs> oh, yes. first oh. role, <laughs> singing stand by your man in terrible is that <laughs> really her accent. first role? it is it's that
3: actually was... her first, wow. first role, and it's weird because she can sing really well oh she can yeah yeah so and... she has to try to really strangle that cat oh
0: yeah <laughs> this was like the same year <laughs> she did circle of friends I think and then like yeah. yeah and then she blew up yeah but uh yeah a tiny little role for her
2: um all right, let me see. What else do we have about yeah, this? That, that role is also kind of like that thing where like, ah, the Russians like American stuff. So it's like, it's funny because she's singing Stand By Your Man. They're oh, yeah. dumb for liking our culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't
0: understand that trope like that's a thing like i've yeah. seen that before like lots of times like russians obsessed with like american blue jeans or coca-cola it might or be something. like a, <laughs> a bootleg
1: joke like they don't actually mm. have access to the real thing so mm. they would like make real american
0: bootleg jeans <laughs> right yes I, uh, <laughs> it's levi's kevich yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: that, i mean that's one of the things that i love about this movie and it's pretty much from moment one then realizing oh shit we don't have soviets to be the bad guys in it. oh
0: yeah yeah that's because right because that's
3: that goes on. Oh my God. Fucking General Gogol shows up in some. Like, more movies than M shows up. Mm-hmm. This running thing about the Russian general is trying to stop Bond, blah, blah, blah. And so, even the opening credits, I love the moment when all the ladies, scantily clad ladies in. in uh, stiletto heels bring out sledgehammers and start taking out lenin's face yes Um, that's what this movie's going to be about everyone and that
0: that was actually a pretty great set piece when he first meets 006 like when he unveils himself as yanis and they're in that like kind of graveyard of old russian propagandist uh statues like pretty well done scene actually i mean i i don't think martin campbell's like a great. Dr- I think he's as good as the script he's working with as a filmmaker. Like, so he made this and uh, Casino Royale, which yeah. are two uh, phenomenal Bond two films. Of the best. But he also made Green Lantern and Vertical Limit and like uh,
3: lots of oh, uh, Mark of Zorro.
0: Mark of Zorro. Mark of Zorro is pretty fun. Yeah, that was yeah, pretty fun. The second one is really bad, but yeah, the <laughs> oh, first so one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Single player in this game. I think we're gonna to get to the multiplayer, but like uh hmm. everybody talks about that, but this it's easy to forget how good the single player in, is yeah, how good I mean, it is. This, in this.
1: this game was designed as a single player
0: game, first and foremost. Right. Yeah. They like, they wow. did not uh plan on having a multiplayer mode at all. That was just something the developers made to amuse themselves. And then they wound up being so amused that they put it in the game, and um, then forced every developer after them to also put in a multiplayer
1: mode, whether they wanted yeah. to or not. Yeah,
0: exactly. Metroid Prime Two. Um, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, it's really good, and it, it's so many first-person shooters, like even today, are still very much about like run in and shoot the hell out of everything. And that's not really what this one. Is. This one has little multiple objectives, and they scale based on your difficulty. I, I think level, that's which is one really thing that's cool. super
1: cool. So this game, if there's three difficulties by default, you have Agent as your easy mode, Secret Agent, normal, and Double O Agent. And on each difficulty, um, you get more objectives. Yeah. Um. So like the for example, on the dam, like your only goal on easy is just get to the bungee jump point. Yeah. And then when you play on yeah. Secret Agent, you have to get to the bungee jump point and sh- destroy all the alarms. Yeah. Then if you play on Double O Agent, you have to like get to the bungee jump, destroy all alarms and like upload this calm link um, right. to a specific part in the level.
0: And it, like, they don't really spell out where you're supposed to be going or how you're supposed to be doing this. So it is kind of, in, it's encouraging a little bit mm-hmm. of uh, uh, trial and error and like exploring, but it's also like today by today's standards, it's like, all right, I want a waypoint or something. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: yeah. Tell me where can yeah. insert this chip. Yeah. It, it's so weird. Like, you know, number one, not having a map that I can yeah. refer to or, or like, yeah, just like a, a a bouncing arrow above the thing I'm supposed to interact with. Mm-hmm. I mean, one way that this
1: game... Because um, most of the first-person shooters we've played so far have been Turok games. Yeah. Um, and one way that this... I think this has differentiated itself from most games because this is this is level-based. Like, the damn level, it's like... I don't know, it'll take you like five minutes and then you you leave that screen and you go to the next thing. Whereas, like, the Turok games have sort of a big overworld map that right. you sort of warp between. Um, and I think that this... I feel like the reason that this game is so good, generally, is it's just designed very smartly for the N64. Like, I think that the things... Like, this isn't like... Some of the things about this game are not necessarily, like, great design. They just work really well on the N64. And I think a lot of that is, like, having small, manageable levels so you don't get lost in the sort of blurry, hazy fog of mm. N64 graphics. Right, right, And I think a, mm-hmm. another part of that is the, the way this game controls. Um, so in the Turok games and most of the other more commonly used first-person shooter games, you actually move with the C buttons and mm. you aim with the stick, Which seems like it would be the more logical way to play, because you get more precision by aiming with a stick. But the N64 stick kind of sucks, as has been often discussed, and you just don't have that much precision. And so what this game does is you control with the stick to run... And it just gives you a gross amount of auto aim yeah. in the single player. You could be <laughs> yeah. aiming sort of slightly right of a guy's foot, and it'll just
0: jerk you up to his chest, um, <laughs> which is also kind of simulating uh, being the Bond experience. Mm-hmm. You know, he never yeah, he never misses. misses. Yeah, yeah. And again, but yeah. it's it works super well
1: because yeah. it
2: allows you to move through the level really smoothly. Yeah, yeah. And that was really important because I was thinking like these controls are so clumsy. If I have to, had to actually like look down to shoot at a guy yeah. on those stairs that, that, that this would be impossible. And yeah. that's
1: what happens but, in the Torok games is like yeah. there is more devotion you have to like shoot a guy above you and then your aim is locked pointing up and you have to readjust. Yeah. Uh.
2: So was this one of the first was this the first N64 game to feature dual analog controls because that, that was one of the options that I discovered yeah. last night that I never realized. You can you can play with a controller and a thumbstick in each hand. Right,
0: yeah, yeah, which yeah. I didn't even know until Woody discovered yeah. that just now. Like, I, I think it might be because we've— A couple we've, weeks ago, we played Robotron 64, which actually
1: uses that as the default control scheme. Oh, game, wow. Which is but, uh, a but, smart move,
0: I think. I think that yeah, came out later, absolutely. though. That did come out, yeah. like, two years after this, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think this is the first one to do that. Also, a little side note, I love that all the control schemes are named after Bond girls. Mm-hmm. Like, the default is Honey, like, and you can get... There is even one called Goodhead, which is, like, a little suggestive for a T-rated game at the time, but whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, no, it's interesting to play again. I mean, and and you have, like, uh, gadgets that you get to use, and it's not always just about shooting your way out of a room. Like, there's my... One of my favorites is the train car sequence, where you have to use your laser watch to cut your way out of the floor oh, panel. And beautiful. Escape. Like, it's really hard and frustrating, but, like, uh... It's kind of an example of something you don't really see in first-person shooters And it it
1: works really well for the replay value because it's only in the higher difficulties. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I do wish that they had worked a little harder is sort of explaining some of these gadgets. Like one is like make a duplicate of the key. Yeah. But it Mm -hmm. doesn't give you any explanation for how to do this. And in your inventory, there's just an item called key analyzer, Mm -hmm. which you just Mm -hmm. get the key and then use the key analyzer but the game doesn't tell you this at all, and it doesn't even tell you that this is in your
0: inventory. I think I just, I kind of always glazed over the dossier. Like, the yeah. dossier at the beginning explains everything you need to know, and there's like a little uh, tab from Q Branch telling you what gadgets you need to use, but
1: I always skip right past it. And I don't. and Yeah, and then it. you'll just get to some point, and the level ends, and you're like, oh, you failed these ma- objectives, and you're like, wait, I didn't know that the level was over.
2: <laughs> I, I imagine that when I was in college and first playing it, I, I studiously just... Uh, digested everything in the dossiers and now i'm just like i don't want to read what is this words fuck this shit right i mean maybe if they had desmond
0: Llewellyn actually like doing some voice acting on there now yeah Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know i'd love that um all right, I think we got to get to this multiplayer. Let's talk about this damn multiplayer. Okay. Sure. Let's. Right,
3: okay. Yeah. Uh, with the the uh, the difficulty levels, I didn't realize that that was the thing that made the different levels difficult. Mm. Because I'm such a noob, I always play everything on baby sure. easy level. I the do easy, too. If you have one for zero to five year olds, give me that. <laughs> I will. I will play that one. And it didn't did not take that long for me to get used to it. I'm still to this day, I'm terrible with dual sticks. Mm. Absolutely can't. Do anything, but somehow you just give me the one, the one stick and a couple buttons that I can do. Well, again, Even if I'm using uh, my left hand with the stick, which is not my <laughs> dominant hand, and there's there
0: still did pretty well. There's something so inherently satisfying about shooting people in this game. I think it just is the <laughs> auto aim, but like yeah. it just. and the specific like blood spots that appear on the different limbs and everything like it's very very satisfying and you can fire like as fast as you can pull the trigger you know so Mm. I don't know there's something about it It yeah again I mean like auto aim is kind of not
1: like considered a very good aspect of game design but I think that that's the secret sauce that makes this game work yeah is because you're not you're not fighting the controls at all no you just are focusing on the mission and all these guys you know mowing down guys around you you want to know what it feels like to be a very blocky blurry bond yeah exactly
4: yeah, you
1: know. <laughs> yeah yeah he looks like uh he looks like the main character from the game out of this world he, he does like a little, little bit yeah
2: yeah wielding a strange magic wand that is actually the barrel of a kalashnikov <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah i never read that as a gun like the kalashnikov in particular that looks, it looks so strange it's conical like i don't yeah. know what <laughs> he's shooting is he shooting from madonna's 80s bra or something like i don't know what he's doing <laughs> um okay uh multiplayer gotta talk yeah. about it multiplayer was i call
3: odd job
2: <laughs> no odd job is cheating <laughs> no odd job, job, job allowed,
3: allowed. I, I need the odd job benefit man i'm gonna be
2: jaws that's how confident i am oh, <laughs> we literally
0: did a match like that. that was the first match we did um <laughs> odd job versus Good jaws Lord. i think that was weird. I, I I, a little bit because he knows how bad i am at I, video st- games. I still won as jaws yeah <laughs> yeah he, he owned me but um so yeah like i said the multiplayer was not intended to be in this game it was kind of an afterthought uh it was just something the more the developers were playing with it the more we're like all right we should do something like this and when they unexpectedly got a window of time before their release schedule they're like all right let's get this done let's put this in the game so they had two guys cram for like three or four days solid uh to make this multiplayer mode work and stick it in the game and uh that kind of two guys guys, it just kind of changed everything it kind of changed video games from here yeah um and just these two guys and like so uh i I think it's just kind of the quintessential GoldenEye experience. And this is the moment when first-person shooters kind of came to the home console. It it wasn't just something that, like like weirdo violent kids are playing Doom you know well they came to the the home console in a way that didn't feel super
1: weird and butchered the way that like trying to play Doom on your uh, Super Nintendo would feel
0: it felt like it was made for the system you know which uh, which it was it was shockingly yeah Yeah. Uh, but this kind of made it blow up in like this really huge way and people who don't play games otherwise like everybody has spent time with GoldenEye yeah it it was everywhere in such weird places
1: my mother was very anti uh, first person shooter She, she was not not cool with me playing first person shooters, I'm sure I've told this story before, yeah, yeah, but um so I would go. To the church youth group. Um, I'm not a religious person, but I would go to the church youth group because they would play GoldenEye there. I think at some point the pastor got a handle on that that's what everyone was doing before the sermon and was like, well, why don't you guys play foosball instead? And then I stopped going. Um, so that, that's
0: that's how I got around my mother's. I mean, uh, foosball, that's kind of a representation of the way they used to torture Christians back oh, in the Crusades. Spear, so, like, I, I spear them all I, I feel in like a big that's line and make black. a black play soccer they would do that yeah with the human head yeah yeah with the pope's head <laughs> and kick it around <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, uh all right so uh there's you, several you, do you guys yeah. have
1: any goldeneye multiplayer stories like when yeah. when did you first when did you first encounter goldeneye like mm, was this like a dorm
0: room staple yeah uh yeah. Oh,
3: yeah 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 this is a dorm room staple yeah i was in college at this point um yeah, I just was generally terrible. Um, my strategy was usually uh, surround myself with mines. Yes. And, yeah.
4: mm-hmm. and dare
3: people to come near me <laughs> or snipe just back into a corner and snipe. Um, I'm also just... just I'm, I don't know if it's like I'm not desensitized or what, but anytime I get shot by anyone, I'm like, ow, no, ow.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of disconcerting <laughs> to see blood pour Who's over your that? face. When well, they have the weird breathing where you guys are like... <gasps>
1: Which is, is kind of a disturbing response to getting shot. I don't a little, know, bit. Like, he's
2: running out of air because yeah. the air is going out of his body with well, these holes. I remember being really good with the the remote detonation mines. Like those is my favorite thing. And in retrospect, that seems really weird because like you basically have to screenshot. Yeah, that's like screenshot the weapon. Use those effectively. Yeah. Yeah.
0: which I was never able to do. I don't think I have the attention span to look at two different screens at the same time and like tell what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So I was more of a spray-and-pray type of player. Uh, Just Mm -hmm. get whatever most powerful weapon I have and just hope for the best, (laughs) which works best, which works all right for most of the time. That's kind of, I think, the heart of
1: the imbalance in the multiplayer in this game is you'll play, like, automatics or something, and someone will get the RCP-90, which is just just crazy powerful gun. And the other... Like, this game is kind of stingy with weapons. It does not start you spawn you with a weapon in multiplayer. So you'll be running around, yeah. and it'll be like, oh, you look, you got a PP7. Yeah. And then this guy will come mm-hmm. with the RCP-90 and just mow yeah. you down. And
0: you're like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> I, I think the thing that ruined this game, the multiplayer for me, was that uh, as soon as me and my sister discovered License to Kill Mode uh the one shot one kill mode like mm-hmm. i can't play it the other way now it feels like it takes way too long to die it's way too hard but like <laughs> it's pretty fun to play like slappers only license to kill or, just... pi- or pistol <laughs> like a lot throwing knives yeah. which
1: we were doing earlier yeah we yeah. put on turbo mode yeah. <laughs> cheat oh, with nice. throwing knives and license to kill and we we're just running around each other <laughs> yeah. trying to hit each other with throwing knives
0: um, yeah, so, like, you know, License to Kill is one of the, uh, Bond movies. All the different modes are named after Bond movies, so you get, well, except for Normal, which is just Normal.
1: <laughs> what, that was that famous Bond movie, Normal? James Bond, 007 <laughs> in,
0: Normal. <laughs> Thrill as Bond takes out his trash.
2: <laughs> Wasn't that always your idea for a Bond movie? Like, you wanted to see a Bond where, uh, yeah. he was just sick, and Money Money <laughs> had to come take care of him at home?
3: Yeah. Huh. And then, like, ninjas attack. <laughs> sure.
2: <laughs> Watch as Bond gets too tired to cook and order
0: some Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, so there's uh, yeah, there's normal mode. There's You only live twice, which is just uh, you literally only live twice. I feel lives. like this is a
1: very stupid mode. They just could not resist having that in as a title. Right, they <laughs> have that title. So,
0: alright, this is basically normal except everybody only has two lives. The end. We did a good job today, guys. Um, Living Daylights is flag tag mode. So, although it's a little confusing. It's not a flag. It's a token. Um, but this is basically you need to grab a token uh, from the stage at which point you can no longer use weapons and the person at the end of the match who's held on to the token the longest wins the token is very hard to see hard
1: to see Um, and based on like how mazy so many of these levels are it's kind of annoying to have
0: to chase after something yeah Mm-hmm. Um, Man with the Golden Gun is a really fun mode. Uh, you, uh, It's kind of like a three-on-one almost. Like, if you're playing it smart, you can play three-on-one. Like, one player gets a hold of the Golden Gun. There's only one hidden in the stage. It's a super powerful gun that's like a one-shot, one-kill. But you only get three bullets for that. Mm-hmm. But uh, And then everybody else is trying to kill you and take the gun back from you. Um, which, and then if they kill you, they would get it with three bullets. Yeah. yeah. So, it, so it, it balances itself all right. It, it's a good way to level it out so it's not just, like, constant one Golden Gun. <laughs> (laughs) mode um yeah and those those are the basic modes and then license to kill of course one one hit one kill um get a huge variety of weapons here at our disposal most of them are modeled after real guns and others were created for the game or based on a prop from a movie so standard pistols machine guns sniper rifles grenades rocket launchers and then you get more interesting ones the automatic shotgun the rcp 90 the moonraker laser which you can get later super fun (laughs) which has infinite ammo but also deals very little damage yeah and then uh the clob everyone's favorite everyone's club, favorite guy ah, yeah. this is based off of the scorpion submachine gun but they named it after a nintendo employee named ken lob uh
2: <laughs> now, really yeah and uh, I, I always thought it was named after wasn't there a character named rosa Claw? Oh, i wrote the Cleb. same
0: thing i always thought the same thing Rose, rosa Cleb. rosa Claw is the, the lady ah, with yeah. the knife feet from uh russia with love like, I always thought that's what that was a reference to. But no, it's, it's named after this guy. And he, he, was, he was a friend of the development, but they used to give him shit all the time. And they said they named that gun after him because, uh, like him, it was loud and inaccurate. <laughs> 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 it, it sounds like he had a good sense of humor about it, at least. But yeah, everyone's least favorite gun is named after Ken Lobb. Uh, so you start the game with only eight multiplayer characters. You can unlock up to 25 more as you progress through the game. Um, beloved Bond characters such as St. Petersburg Guard and Civilian.
1: Everyone's favorite. And other yeah. Civilian. Yeah. We played James Bond versus Civilian. And, and civilian,
3: civilian kicked ass my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> this is the deadliest Civilian yeah. of all time. Uh, what, what did we play? Uh, Boris versus... Uh, uh,
3: Defense Minister Mishkin. Oh, <laughs> yes.
0: Shecky <laughs> Cairo
3: randomly in this game.
0: Yeah. Carry or whatever. Yeah. I th- also were any of the actors playing Russians in this movie Russian? Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. No. None of them. All right. Anyway, moving on. Um, so yeah, you can uh, you can you know live out your your lifelong dreams of having Hagrid fight Nightcrawler. You can do that if you want, or, or you know, Dark Phoenix bring her. And, in there.
1: and the characters don't really make any difference except for Odd Job and Jaws who are very. Very a lot shorter or a lot taller.
0: That's the thing. And- yeah. So they they brought in a lot of like classic Bond villains, and uh, we we got to talk about Odd Job. Odd Job is based on the character played by uh, Harold Sakata from Goldfinger, a Japanese pro wrestler. Um, and he was the guy who would throw a razor bladed hat at people. A very silly character, but he's pretty classic. And uh, Odd Job is kind of controversial because he is quite a bit shorter than the other characters. So your auto aim, if you're not aiming or adjusting it, automatically goes over his. Head. Hmm. Um, players caught on to that pretty quickly and started exploiting it. So one of the most common things you'll hear when you're starting up a multiplayer game of Golden Eyes: no odd job, <laughs> odd jobs banned, <laughs> no odd job. Um, but like, apparently, the developers admit that they knew that flaw. Uh, they admit that he, playing as him is cheating because he has an unfair advantage but they left it in because they were having so much fun having fights about it uh, <laughs> that they wanted to recreate that experience for everybody else uh, which well, they succeeded.
3: It could have been so much worse they could have put Knickknack in there <laughs> fighting over who's Hervey Village
0: Knickknack, <laughs> Tabasco! <laughs> you could play Scaramanga's third nipple. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to hit. He's like two pixels. Huh. Um, yeah, but you can, you can kind of get And you can have like fun multiplayer matches where it's like everyone kill the odd job or something like that. (laughs) Well,
1: and again, I mean, that's why, I think that's why this multiplayer works so well is the combination of game mode, weapon select, and characters. And I think you can assign different handicaps to people and things like that. Gives you enough customization that you can really, like, everyone's got their own favorite way to play. Yeah. And it's a, a good balance between actually trying to play stuff competitively and also just kind of dicking around, like, with throwing knives and slappers only or something like that. Totally. Um and they're both fun.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's highly customizable, and as you play the single-player mode, you unlock these cheats that can, like, open up all kinds of weird shit in the game, big head mode and, and, and turbo mode and all that. I I'm, mean, not,
1: I'm not crazy about some of the level designs. I do think there's about half of the levels are sort of borderline unplayable
0: because of how confusing the layout is. Oh, that bunker um, one we were playing. Yeah, like, but, I've forgotten about the bunker one because I never would play it, Yeah. now I know why. It's but there's all a, the, the caves
1: are pretty horrible, but there's about, like, five really good levels, and that's about all you need. Complex. The tomb and, yeah, yeah, I like yeah. Archives
0: a lot. Yeah, Archives is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's still solid today. I'm a, I was amazed, you know, like, this is a game I still break out from time to time when people are over. Like, yeah, let's play some multiplayer. <laughs> I've gone. I, yeah, I've broken out with people
1: who haven't played it in a while, and they go back, and they're like, this is terrible. I can't believe we <laughs> ever played this. And I'm like, well... I have a bad news for you in N64 games in general. Because this still holds up pretty well relative to most N64 games. The so yeah, two-player for- mode runs really smooth. Mm-hmm. The sound plays the whole way through, which, based on... A common thing in N64 games is they'll just cut the sat- the music and multiplayer. Yeah. This is not a problem. I think when you get into four-player modes, playing like something with lots of explosions is when the game really starts to chug and lag. But again, it's just part of the w- weird jankiness yeah. that you enjoy.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah it's it's just mm. i don't know it's 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 a weird thing to talk about like it is kind of talking trying to explain to people why yeah i mean to go back to citizen kane it's like <laughs> explain to people why citizen kane is good maybe it doesn't completely hold up compared to you know our super films today like you know your your dudes where's my cars and <laughs> yeah exactly. and all that your fa- fast and furious <laughs> is, your fast your, your hobbs furious. and your shaws <laughs> <laughs> not the direction i saw the calvin and hobbs movie yeah. going, i gotta be honest a <laughs> little disappointed but spaceman's Spiff was rad at least yeah. Yeah. um yeah all right so the 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 legacy of this game um for for martin hollis our director our young prodigy son of a bitch 22 year old uh he uh uh, was offered the team was offered to do, uh, make a f- direct sequel to this based on tomorrow never dies and the unanimous decision across the board was hell no we're done with bond okay everyone had been working on this game for like five years they're like nope nope we're done um so they want to do something different and that something different is a little game called perfect dark ah. which we will be playing in a future episode um but uh martin hollis he left rare uh midway during the production of perfect dark to go kind of strike out on his own he formed a company called Zunami in two thousand eight. Produced three games: Zendoku, which is a Sudoku puzzle game for the PSP; uh, Go puzzle for mobile; and Bonsai Barber for WiiWare. Uh, hmm. And then the company went under. So he said, he said his site's a lot smaller. He Said his site's much, much smaller. From uh, from shooting bad guys to trimming bonsais. Um, so. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's, that's okay. going to be his epitaph. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Um, but the Bond franchise, uh, just you know, it, it was they sold it to EA shortly after this because uh, you know EA uh, and uh, they wanted to follow up on success here. So they did do the World Is Not Enough sequel, which we'll be playing in a later episode as well. Shorts just as good. Oh, absolutely, just as good. <laughs> um, in 2004, they did a direct sequel to this called Goldeneye: Rogue Agent, uh, <sighs> which I completely forgot existed until I was researching. Is that a GameCube game? It
2: was uh, GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How could you forget it existed? You're playing as uh, a rogue MI6 agent working for Goldfinger. And
0: like, doesn't he literally have a golden eye? Yes. Like they miss. He he loses
2: his eye, and he gets like a golden implant from Goldfinger. Eh?
0: I I did like that idea that it's like goldfinger is paying you to kill dr no <laughs> like,
2: yeah <laughs> but i i remember i was i was so excited for this game it's like you get to play as a bond villain this is going to be great and it's like no you're you're just doing like an internecine war between goldfinger and dr no's syndicates and it's like if you're a bad guy fighting bad guys that's a little less compelling to me mm. i don't know i want to fight mi6 yeah
0: yeah 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 see that'd be a better way to take that i mean yeah. Was, like, the multiplayer in that game any good at all? Or I, I can't... Like, I, I don't remember. I see. Probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the shame right there. Like, yeah. nobody remembers that one. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, this is a game where m- sort of once you take out that special lightning in a bottle
0: of this being on the
1: N64 and where it goes so well, you're just kind of left with a pretty generic shooter. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And... But the the cool thing they started doing with the Bond games after this is they started doing more, like, original stories. Mm-hmm. Like, so they did Agent Under Fire and Nightfire and uh, uh, Everything or Nothing, which were all just, like— from the ground up original Bond stories which yeah. I think Everything is a, or Nothing yeah, was yeah. crazy did you guys play that at I all? I did yeah Everything or Nothing was uh, I mean they got the full cast they got Pierce mm-hmm. Brosnan Heidi Klum and Shannon Elizabeth are the Bond girls yeah. isn't Willem Dafoe the villain in that?
2: He yeah. is the villain yeah. and his whole plan revolves around like I'm going to make tanks out of platinum so that I can take over after I introduce like nanomachines that eat metal <laughs> which is it's something I can see <laughs> Willem
0: Dafoe doing it's in a very sure. <laughs> type of plot just me actor Willem Dafoe folks making nanobots in my garage Uh, yeah (laughs) like i see that happening uh yeah but that one uh it just never really took off again the last bond game i played a little bit of was 007 legends for the wii u and that's the one where they remember that they're they're like really awkwardly cramming daniel craig into famous moments from all the movies Mm. or from like Mm -hmm. a couple of from all the eras so like there's a there's a goldfinger level there's a uh uh I forget the Roger Moore one. Weirdly, they went
2: with Die Another Day for the Brosnan level. Wasn't there something weird with that where it was like it shipped incomplete and so they finished it out with DLC? Oh, yeah, yeah, there was.
0: Yeah, something. I mean, I played a little bit of it and it's just kind of terrible. (laughs) Um, I mean, most Wii U games are kind of terrible, honestly. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it's I'd like to see the Bond games have like a big comeback moment. I I don't know, because I, I think it's. A series with a super, a lot of potential yeah. as a video game franchise. And they just never really followed up on it. Yeah. So um, we,
3: we didn't play, but we did watch some cutscenes and stuff from what, GoldenEye 007 Reloaded. Yeah, Reloaded.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I actually reviewed it back in the day. Oh, now, well, now, to, what, what, yeah. is, what is that, just to provide a little... It's, it's a remake that Activision did, originally for Wii, mm-hmm. and then they re-released it as, like a remastered version for 360 and PS3 and it's and it kind of like a retelling of Goldeneye but with uh with Daniel Craig as Bond and uh so it's like all the the same beats more or less but like different actors doing the different roles everything's very big and it was clearly influenced by Call of Duty and that like it has the same control scheme so if you if if you find the original Goldeneye difficult to control this is uh a little bit more familiar but at the same time it just kind of like tries to go a little too big with reimagining Bond and, like... Mm certain characters like Zukovsky isn't Robbie Coltrane he's just like some skinny dude with a scar on his face who dies almost instantly lame um and yeah, it, yeah. It, Trevelyan shows up and you're like that's not Sean Bean that's just some guy yeah. <laughs> some other guy I mean, who obvious, dies a lot yeah, yeah uh-huh.
3: obviously there's plenty of contractual reasons why you can't use people's likenesses yeah. and you're not signed up for this And
2: but I, I do wonder if there was like some reason they couldn't bring Pierce Brosnan back other than like no Daniel Craig is Bond now we need to be consistent if there's like a licensing yeah. thing in place. That's
3: probably it. He's probably already signed on to do licensing. Well, because yeah. they, they brought
2: Connery Star. back. Uh, they did a From Russia with Love game
0: uh, for mm-hmm. Xbox where and Connery actually came back and recorded some new lines and it was just kind of set in the 60s and that it was like a, it wasn't a very good game but it was kind of a cool idea yeah. of a way I mean, to do it. Yeah. So like maybe they need to have that retro period to like cast it back as like, oh, this is when or maybe just Brosnan isn't, doesn't have the same weight as yeah. Connery.
1: GoldenEye is just in a very yeah. weird position because even though it's a movie based game people have nostalgia for the game so if like mm-hmm. if they're doing a remake it's a remake of the game and the movie elements are sort of have to be thrown in there because they're part of the game but yeah. they're not going to invest yeah. much money in sort of
0: replicating the movie because I mean, nobody
1: cares about the movie I, I, except for I will you.
0: say like yeah i love Goldeneye. <laughs> i wouldn't save any of the other brosnan bonds in a fire <laughs> like they're all terrible yeah, uh, yeah there's n-
3: yeah it is rapidly declining it's it's a perfect 45-degree angle. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
3: Each one gets worse. Now, a little plug for myself. 30 20, 10, we get to talk about World is Not enough.
0: Oh, that's coming up. Oh, man. A oh,
3: couple, couple weeks.
0: That one.
3: It's going to be paying. It's going to be paying. Now,
0: that's a rough one because I remember like... That's rough. I, I remember really liking that movie. I haven't revisited in years, but I remember really liking that movie. And then very abruptly, Christmas Jones and everything just goes to shit like from then on it's like I don't want to I don't want to lay it all on one person but like it really is so detrimental to that movie which is kind of going for a more serious tone for most of it yeah, I'm 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 excited to hear you guys' thoughts on that one. So should um do we have any more to talk about GoldenEye, Eye the beloved the game? Should th- we move on I to our I think I think we rankings? can uh, move on to our rankings. So each week we are ranking the games that we just played. Michael and Diane are in the lucky position <laughs> you have one game on this list, so congratulations GoldenEye is your default <laughs> You guys got off, which is way well, yeah, easier. which is pretty good. We right? <laughs> yeah. have people whose default has
1: been like uh, powerpuff girls, yeah, powerpuff yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you guys did. Well, we got got off much better than many people. Um, our list right now. How long is that damn list at this point? We are up to Growing 179. Every day. This is our 180th game. Perfect. A Full 180 on this. Are you doing a full 180 on this, or where are you ranking? Uh, well, if I was
1: to do a full, one, no, I'm not putting this at 180. <laughs> that would be very strange. Um, be I'm putting this at number zero zero. 7. Putting a number (laughs) 7 on my list, um, which is right under Mm -hmm. Banjo-Kazooie and right above Mario Kart 64. I mean, I get
0: Um, you're going for a gimmick, but it also works. Yeah, exactly. No, I I honestly didn't
1: even realize it was there (laughs) until I was just looking at my note right now. Yeah. um, Because... You know, I really like the single-player mode of Banjo is sort of more colorful and fun. But this game is great as a single-player game, and it's yeah. great as a multiplayer game. Yeah. Um, I,
0: It's it's still a classic. It's a total blast. It's a total blast. I'm I'm going to – I mean, see, I, now I want to do the 007, <laughs> but I feel like I'll be just cribbing your thing. No, I'm going to say this is my number six. So that's putting it right below Resident Evil 2 and right above Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1. Nice. Um, uh, it's just fantastic it, it's it's so good to go back to it like you if you've played it a lot like you just fall right back into it uh but i i feel like this is a game like if you'd never played it you could pick it up pretty quickly mm-hmm. and uh it, it still feels good it feels like an extra layer of care and passion went into this than certainly than any other like licensed games but definitely more than any other like shooters of the era so yeah you recommend for goldeneye do you guys have any closing thoughts on goldeneye mm-hmm.
2: I mean, it's no chameleon twist, too. Oh, few things so are. Nothing is. There's no glitch screen that
0: takes you from level to level, yeah. There's
2: no cute little uh, chameleon with a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> I only know about that because that was the, the last episode of you guys' that I, oh, that yeah, I listened yeah. to. But I I, I think, yeah, uh, for me, I think this would have to rank as number two. I think uh, Mario 64 is, no, no, make it number three. Mario 64 and uh, Ocarina of yeah. Time are above this, but th- this is definitely... I think this should belong in everyone's top five and 64 games.
1: Wait, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. already not in ours. Oh. <laughs> it's in your top the ten. Yeah, yeah, it's top ten. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wait, wait,
2: wait. Edit that out and out. I'll I'm being see, abrasive. I'm yeah, hands, fine. Thank you. Fine. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh <laughs> oh seven, oh six, fine.
3: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, yeah, it is it is strange that it's the exception that proves the rule from movie tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Where... Yeah, again, I'm not much of a gamer, but that is one thing I've heard is, yeah, movie tiny games <laughs> suck they, they do. Because of course they yeah. do. Because they take longer to make or as long as movies, and you don't know what you're going to get, and so it's going to be sort of vaguely tied together, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah why even make this special? It's going to be for little <laughs> babies anyway, I guess. You just wanna. I almost don't understand why they still make some of them, because it, back in the day, it was sort of like, it's going to take bare minimum six months to this for this to get onto VHS for you to be able to see mm. it again. If you like this movie, you gotta wait before you're allowed to see it again. So play the game. It's like <laughs> reliving it or read the book or the comic book or whatever. But now it's so fast and so instantaneous for you if you like a movie, you can see it again very, very quickly and you'll have it forever. Why bother me? And
1: they don't—they don't actually make as many game tying games. I've as noticed they that they—they they yeah.
0: definitely dropped off. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think people just kind of caught wise that uh, <laughs> they're not very
1: good. Well, yeah. and they, people yeah. realized that sort of the only window that people were interested in the game is right when the movie was popular, yeah. and you—you you really and yeah, that used to be enough because games were so much cheaper to make that if you sold enough copies, like. When that had come out, it was great But
0: now you need to have some legs to your game And that's a lot more expensive Right, yeah, exactly, exactly yeah it's it's fantastic all right we have uh we have one letter to close us out tonight um this is uh, a person writing about battle tanks a recent episode we did Mm -hmm. uh the letter opens with yay so there's no howdy this time it's just "Yay!" i like that that's a great opening thanks for hitting this one i think i was one of the people who wrote in asking about battle tanks but i can't seem to find the email i just saw it on the feed today and thought i'd say hey hey and thanks the games are super weird and drip with toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. but i just (laughs) freaking loved it my dad and i would play co-op when i was as a kid like 10 or 15. we'd Good play... game to play with your dad. Actually, I can, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd mostly play glo- Global Assault, and I just miss those days. I'd always run around in the smallest tank and complete the goals in each level, and my dad would use a Goliath and just systematically level each town and nice. base. So, great game for goofs and fun. We also spent a lot of time making fun of the story and the people in it. Thanks again for the trip through the strange post-apocalyptic world of 2001 through 2006. And again, love the show. Keep up the good work. And that is from Sarah and Jack. Thank, your, and thank and you. Thank you so much. Sarah slash Jack, excuse me. Uh, thank you so much for writing in. We had fun playing Battle Tanks. If uh, Michael and Diana, if you don't remember Battle Tanks, that's the game where uh, the apocalypse has happened. 99% of the world's women are dead. Uh, so women are hmm. now currency slash warlords. Yeah. Wow, um, yeah. that's progressive. Yeah. So there's literally a multiplayer <laughs> mode where you have to race around a stage trying to collect the most women with your tank. As uh, yes you the do, and with the most women, <laughs> which I imagine they're stacking like cordwood, uh, <laughs> is the winner. So that, yeah. that was that email. I feel
1: like really was a wonderful review of Battle Tanks in general. it really, yeah. it really, yeah. it really yeah. summed up. <laughs> Tanks.
0: Yeah. I want to play Battle Tanks. Yeah. again listening to that. Uh, well, thank you.
3: Every- oh, oh, there's when there's one easy way to win when you're trying to collect women you you put on a dress and a wig and lipstick and you say you guys want to come to the bathroom with me and they'll just come right to you
0: Like it happens every time it worked for tom hanks it worked for peter scolari worked for tootsie (laughs) you know every time absolutely oh god well thank you everybody for listening uh michael and diane i am still so jazzy you guys came on here you're two of my favorite this has been a lot of fun podcasters um where can people find all your
2: stuff well um I, I have a weekly show called Vidigame Apocalypse that goes up every Friday at Vidigame dot com and I'm intentionally misspelling game. Mm-hmm. It's V I D J A Game Apocalypse. So look for it or on on your podcast feed of choice. Absolutely. And Diana yourself.
3: And uh I co-host a show called Thirty Twenty Ten where we look at this particular week thirty years ago, twenty years ago, and ten years ago. Oh, oh boy, yeah, getting into the prestige films. Man. Uh <laughs> of of uh, late October, November, and into December, like I said, we get to talk about uh, the, the world is not enough. Ninety nine uh, hen- the end of nineteen ninety nine is is going to be a bummer. Nineteen ninety nine has been an amazing film.
0: Oh yeah, it's Just, it's nonstop. You guys recently had an amazing conversation about Fight Club. You had an amazing conversation oh, yeah. about American Beauty. Um
3: oh my uh, gosh revisiting some of these things for sure, this I'm era, sure American Beauty upsetting. holds up
0: flawlessly
3: I can't think <laughs> oh, of a single thing wrong God. with that movie not a damn no.
0: problem at all
3: No no yeah so it is weird when you revisit stuff from 20 25 years ago like we're doing right now sometimes you're just like oh no Oh, I love this movie, but... Oh, why did they do... Oh, Bill and Ted, don't say that word That's not the good F-word. What are you doing, no,
0: no, yeah, yeah. That's always not the, always not the fun F-word. Word. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Uh, I, I'll, I'm, I'm going to plug you guys as well, because recently you did an episode of Laser Time uh, that was one of the funniest things I'd heard in forever, is when you guys were on talking about hippies, the representation of hippies uh-huh. in <laughs> pop culture. Y'all, they do a sketch on hippie dragnet that is. Oh, thank I, you.
3: I, that's all, Michael. I I,
0: I, I, don't I, mean this. This might sound like a backhanded compliment, but this is an idea that should be too esoteric to be funny. But it's <laughs> goddamn hysterical. <laughs> like the idea of yeah, hippie dragnet was. It, it was. I
2: was laughing my ass off. So uh, that's. Right, thank you. I, I thought about posting that one just by itself, but, uh, like, you, you need to have the context of understanding first what Dragnet is and why this would be funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I was really worried people wouldn't get it. So thank you. That, that actually means oh, a it, lot. It was super uh, funny. I, I would definitely recommend I, checking that I, out. I wrote that in, like, four hours. No offers,
0: shit. So. <laughs> that you. was really good. That was really good. I mean, and you guys do the thank great end of year like, Oscar sketches, too, which are always so funny. So, yeah, definitely recommend. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, holy shit. GoldenEye is our first game in November. November is going to be kind of a crazy month for us, because next week we are getting into a uh, brand new sport, snowboarding. Ah. That means we're well, only we, well, we
1: played tri- Snowboard Kids. We
0: played Snowboard Kids. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But this time we are doing the triple feature of Twisted Edge Snowboarding, Big Mountain two thousand and ten eighty, Uh the classic Ooh. Nintendo snowboarding game that I haven't played in 20 <laughs> years. I'm looking forward to going back to. And then, like, literally every game in November is nuts. So uh keep tuning in for November. It's gonna yeah, be excellent. a big one. I'm excited. Uh thank you so much, everybody. Thank you to our guests, and uh we will return with Twisted Edge snowboarding and other <laughs> that's, the, that's the Hans Zimmer theme.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good night, everybody.
4: See reflections on the water. More than darkness in the depths. See him surface and never a shadow. On the wind, I feel his breath. Golden eye, I found his weakness. Golden eye, you will do what I please. Golden night, no time for sweetness, but a bitter kiss will bring him to his knees. You'll never know how I watched you from the shadows as a child. Never know. Oh.